0: we survived. Hurricane Idalia decided it didn't want to. There uh... we go. There we go. There we go. We're gonna blame that on Hurricane Idalia. We survived. We didn't wash away. Luckily for most people in Florida, it decided to. uh hit a spot that was pretty uninhabited. Doesn't mean there's not people affected, but it didn't hit a major metropolitan area. Didn't wipe us out. As always, it's the CFB dynasty podcast with myself, Matt Knowles. I am the host down below the master of the brisket. Don't ever let him make excuses for how good the brisket is that he makes Mr. Brian McKelfish. And if you've <laughs> never done a draft with intoxica, Doug, you might want to try it at least one time over here. We got Doug gravely I got to sit beside him, who was uh, a little bit less than fully coherent at the home league draft on Saturday, and it was uh, it was interesting. It was a fun experience. <laughs> How you guys doing today?
1: I was I was, I was respectful, though, I believe. <laughs> Correct. I was a nice guy.
0: Oh, you're respectful. D- Doug and I had a lot of fun when he would be like. I got eight wide receivers on my board. I'm not going to get any of them. Like, who's the top guy on your board, Doug? This is my top guy right here. This is who I want. (laughs) Okay, cool. You want me to take him right now, Doug? Yes. So I even let Doug pick my last defense. I'm not really thrilled about that, but he did such a nice job at the beginning of the draft picking guys for me. I let him pick a defense I really didn't want, (laughs) but I thought that that was kind of payback for myself for taking his guys, you know. You're welcome. All right. So we have a huge show for you today. Uh, if you have any issues with the uh, connection, uh, my connection right now is really bad. That is probably one of the only effects from uh, Adia that we're feeling right now. But um, my connection kind of sucks. So if there's any issues, blame it on that. Today we got a huge show, news and notes. Uh, is there any weather impact around the country? Rankings discussion, uh, top over under games questions from the discord um the open updates the open is our 24 team league that we did the draft on last week we're going to look at the difference between drafting in a 24 team open redraft league and then our 12 team home league that was a college a college to pro dynasty look at the differences there and then last but not least we have the first official brisket lock of the season for week one are you guys excited
2: I am beyond excited. I cannot consume enough content. I was watching a great show, a little Florida-Utah um, statistical intro by college football nerds. They're they're a great, great uh, show as well. So beyond excited for uh, kicking off the game tomorrow night. I will be alone. I'll send the family away so I can be angry on the couch by myself. That's my style. Okay. <laughs>
0: All right. So be back. Why don't you talk, tell everybody about the, uh, the interactions on social, the, uh, the schedule, things like that.
2: Yeah. So I did post, uh, the, the week one rankings up yesterday and we'll get into that here a little bit later on the show, but overall here's our in season. It's super fast paced. It feels that way to me and it makes college football go by even faster, but typically on Sunday, is when we will release our waiver wire gems. This is going to be us gathering the, the data that we can gather, typically um, you know, what percentage of it's typically based on what percentage of um, <clears throat> ownership exists within Fantrax and uh, using some other metrics to kind of pull that in and put together some waiver wire gems for you guys. Um, And I'm open to any feedback you have. Typically Tuesday, and if it can be earlier, we'll do it earlier. But typically Tuesday, we'll have player rankings out. Um, You'll be able to access that. I've adjusted the navigation on the website to where if you hover over rankings, CFF, then you'll see week one. Um, As soon as week two is up, boom, that's where I'll put it there. Um, And it'll also be live on the rankings page if you come in on the main rankings page or you can go to news and articles, recent posts, and all the recent stuff will be there too. Wednesday would be this show. Live rankings, lineup prep, etc. I'm really excited about our host battle at the end of these shows. Uh, going over uh, a little 1v1v1 DraftKings lineup. And we'll, we'll kind of unveil who we selected and, and go over that. That's going to be fun. And then Thursday... We have our player props article submitted to the Sporting News, and that'll probably be published either that then or Friday. And uh, we'll do our DFS article for CFB Dynasty peeps uh, Friday, typically, potentially Thursday if we can get it out earlier. Uh, Always like to publish earlier if possible. And then this year, uh, Doug and I, I still don't know yet, I haven't been able to connect with you, Matt, on your schedule, but... Well, it'll at least be Doug and I, Saturday morning. We'll come up with a time, probably 10 a.m., where we'll go live taking start-sit questions and unveiling some DFS stuff using the tools, et cetera, that we have. So I'm excited about that, Doug. Are you You got your DraftKings loaded up yet, ready to go? Oh, I'm ready. Man, I've
1: got, like, four DraftKings for tomorrow's games. <laughs> um I actually was in so early I had to reserve my spot because I was like, listen, I'm not going to let my spots slip away from me on the first night of you know college football games, which I consider the first actual night. So, yeah. Um, yeah I, the the was, values yeah, that exist just,
2: are insane right now. Correct, if you look 100%. at <laughs> whoever sets these things, uh, they don't know college football very well. They could really use our help at <laughs> DraftKings and FanDuel, but we'll yeah, take it. I was it.
1: surprised we'll how it. inexpensive some players were where I was like, okay, yeah, I'm yeah. down for this. Can I'm it gonna be like s- this
2: every week? <laughs> I'm going to spend as much money as possible on DraftKings and FanDuel the first couple weeks of the season until the data, et cetera, catches up. But um, I always bet a lot the first weekend because there was one – opening game for alabama that i did one of those um you know single game uh fan duels and i came in second i think out of a bunch of people and uh won a good amount of money i'm gonna always continue to do that and this year just happens to be florida utah so that's one of them at least that i'll i'll be battling against all the utah and florida fans probably but super excited about that for sure
0: All right. So good stuff there. So Doug, I'm going to kick it over to you. I want you to tell us some of the news and notes this week. There's a couple of really good points in here. One of my favorite ones deals directly with BMAC. We're going to get it at the yeah. bottom of the list, bottom of the list. Uh, and uh, this is just, it's hilarious how much this story just keeps taking a turn, but we'll get I'm there. Just, we'll
1: let you know. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. I can't wait to, you know, sh- share this with, you know, the people that already don't know or even the people that know, just remind them. But number one, um, and one of the ones that, you know, we've all been watching really, really, really closely. Um, Kyle, Kyle McCord is expected to start for Ohio State this weekend. Um, Devin Brown is expected to play. But how much he's going to play, I don't know. I I would imagine it just depends on how Kyle McCord is doing at the time. Um, and then. A surprising one for me, um, seeing as how this young man was on my fantasy team at one point in his career, and I ended up dropping him, but Ethan Garbers was named the starter for UCLA. Um, Again, Schley and Moore expected to play, but it would just depend on, A, is UCLA blowing them out of the water, or B, is Garbers not playing very good? Um, Then we've got, Excuse me. Kamar Wheaton, running back for SMU, not listed on the depth chart. He's got an injury, so that could affect some rosters. Edwards, DeJuan Edwards for Georgia, the running back, practicing in a non-contact jersey. But Kendall Milton for Georgia is back to normal practice, so he appears good to go. Then you've got Tyler Levine for SMU, listed as the backup on the depth chart. Cade McNamara, quarterback out of Iowa, medically cleared, but listed as questionable. Ontario Brown, running back for NIU, officially listed as the starter. JT Shrout, quarterback for Arkansas State, listed as the starter. And this first name I'm going to demolish. Um, Bias Shul running back for Virginia <laughs> Tech, listed as the starter for week one. I believe he was a transfer. And – UCF is in a four-person quarterback Yikes. one battle <laughs> this week. And then Liberty is in a three-person quarterback one battle this week. So expect to see multiple quarterbacks from those teams. And if you are doing a DFS or if any of these quarterbacks are on your team, don't start any of them because we don't know what's going to happen. It could be for UCF, each quarterback playing a quarter. I just I just don't know. And then two more, we got Burt Emmanuel, who was – Regarded as, you know, very fantasy relevant going into this season for Central Michigan, the quarterback, he is now in a quarterback one battle with Jace Bauer. So Bert Emanuel might not even be a go-to guy in fantasy when a lot of people had him, you know, moving up because he was potentially going to be a four-year starter. And now to my favorite note, which is in all caps. Ding! Gilbert, tight end for Nebraska. Brian's boy arrested for burglary charges and if you didn't get to see the video it's pretty funny looking um he's got like this mask on and he's kicking in doors and it's like it's not a good look shit burglary like <laughs> you know
0: wasn't it for like 1500 dollars of vape items like, something I ridiculous it was, like that i
1: think it, the total was 1600 when i when i last researched it and it's just one of those things where it's like man How many more times can you kick yourself in the foot? Um, They interviewed Matt Rule the other, I think, yesterday, and he was talking basically about how disappointed he was and how they've been trying to, you know, get, you know, influence in Gilbert's, you know, life to try to help him make better decisions. But you could you could hear the disappointment in his voice. So you know, that's aside from fantasy relevancy, aside from you know anything else you just hope the kid can get his mind right and start making better decisions.
2: Man, it's brutal. Like, why couldn't he just do that and get arrested like a week earlier? Then I could have dropped him. Uh, so this happens in our league where we only get three drops a year. So uh, I'm kind of stuck with him for a while. and <laughs> That sucks. <laughs> but... Uh, Whatever, man. Whatever. It's it's uh one of those. I love it, where I've I love it them for so long. Um anyways, yeah, that's that.
0: All right, so 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 as for Hurricane Idalia, right now does not look like there's any games at the moment that are gonna be, be impacted by idalia by the weather by the wa- the water the wind anything like that travel i know there's a, a few schools that traveled early from florida uh, i think it also matters where it ends up landing um because it's going to go through georgia south carolina north carolina um but i think fortunately most of those schools are playing away this week coastal carolina nc state um uh, Florida a lot of them are playing uh, away so
2: I'm happy man looks this like we're gonna an be annual, okay as far as
0: that goes
2: annual thing where hurricanes mess up week one or week two <laughs> for Florida schools so um kind of happy it's passing through it's a faster moving storm than normal so um be gone storm until or get out of here before week 1 starts so it doesn't so mess with any of our games.
1: About that real quick, I don't know if any of you saw this, but there are actually two charts that show Idalia circling in the water and coming right back to Florida. That'd be weird. So, it's Yeah, that's uh, that's weird.
0: crazy. We'll we'll see if that happens or not. That'd be interesting.
2: All right, so one of the main things we wanted to go over, and I'm going to add this to the stream here so you guys on YouTube can see, um, going over some of the rankings updates that we have here. Um, So I'll show you what I talked about earlier. Basically, you can go to, when you come to the site, rankings, CFF, boom, week one, it's there. You can always access it just by clicking the rankings page, and they'll be posted and listed there. Or news and articles, recent posts. We'll have waiver wire gems there, um, all that stuff, and uh, DFS posts later in the week where we'll focus or we'll feature our lineups, uh, players that we spot, et cetera, that's going to all be available to members. Um, <clears throat> so a little write-up. Um, one of the things for sure that stood out to me in week zero, and we'll talk about it in a little bit in the Discord questions segment, but Zachariah Branch. Holy crap. He looks incredible. Like immediately. It's like super fluid, extremely fast, but not just like like in and out of jukes, so fluid. He, he just reminds me of Tavon Austin. He's a different level of speed against everyone else out there. So who are we going to see? Because there will be more, and we talk about that a little bit. Will it be Carnell Tate? Will it be some others? Maybe Mark Fletcher at Miami on Friday night. We'll see. Um, there lists our schedule. And then there's a little spreadsheet key. And that's what we're going to go over right now because there's new stuff as uh, as you get to it. So we list them all out here. So we have a section for quarterbacks and then each position down the page. Um, there is a search box here. Just so you can use that to search anything that's within this uh table here or spreadsheet so if you're looking for a team if you're looking for an opponent if you're looking for a certain player you can search that of course you can always uh throw that in excel if you want an xlsx file um but columns as we go through of course the ranking the player the team the opponent ha is just home or away whether they're home or away that's different from the previous year Fantasy points is last year uh, data right now. As soon as we go into next week, it's going to flip to year-to-date data. So that'll be a growing total every week for total fantasy points and then fantasy points per game. And then we will typically include a trailing three weeks so that you can more easily spot trends. Um, That's really important for seeing someone, especially if you're in a limited pickup league like ours where – you got to be really strategic on who you pick up. You might want to wait till that guy, you know, has that second game to kind of back up what he did the week before. But either way, we'll have trends there. It also helps us spot, you know, other things. So we have the spread. Um, that's the the Vegas spread. This is not a moving metric like it is in real life. We put it in uh, typically Monday or Sunday. Um, so the line can move a point or two and if it does we will not pick up on that here in the spreadsheet but it typically like rarely does it move a lot where it would really affect um, our data so that's totally fine there as it is the over under is the total number of points and then we have uh, projected points four. That's for this player's team. So USC is projected with a with an over under of 66 between the two teams and a spread of 38.5. USC will be at about 52.25 points this this week against Nevada, who will score 13.75 uh, ish points. Obviously, so that'll give you, based on the spread, based on the over under, an approximate score. And that's how we can help tally um, how many potential fantasy points are out there. And then we've added some other color coded things here. The points, the projected points for is extremely important. We use it heavily. Also, if you see zeros in there, that is typically like Bo this week is playing against Portland state. So there's no spread to even bet. Like you can't bet that game. There's no line or anything. So, It's gonna be green uh, there across the board. I've got to fix that zero red. That should be green, Um, but I'll fix that after the show. So Bo Nix has like you know the easiest opponent possible. No way to bet it. That's why there's there's zeros there. That's something we could change. Then the last four, the SP plus uh, offense. So if you're familiar with the SPN's, Bill Connelly. He has um, an overall like database to kind of track and it's the best that I know of where he's able to power rate the offense and the defense and teams at large. And this shifts over the course of the year. He puts it out every week, a new SP plus, but we won't need it except for a few weeks because of the last two metrics, which we'll get to. But this is a power rating of USC's offense and the SP plus offense metric. So basically this, this accounts for recruiting, this accounts for uh, performance on the existing roster. This accounts for transfers. They are number two in the country and they're playing against the SP plus defense of Nevada, which is a 90. Um, so number two versus 90, you can see why that's an extremely, favorable matchup there for Caleb Williams and thus he is our number one start of the week at quarterback. The defense versus the past. This is currently 2022 data. Um, This will update weekly as we get into it. The data will become more and more accurate. Obviously as uh, data points reach statistical significance, um, meaning we've had three, four, five weeks into conference play. So it's more, apples to apples rather than uh, Oregon State's against, uh, or sorry, Oregon against Portland State type of team. So um, Nevada ranked 75th against the pass last year. They ranked 85th against the rush. Um, so that's all there for you to kind of use the question that I always ask. And I want to just ask Matt live. I've already talked to Doug about this, but is this too much information? Is this what people want? I love big spreadsheets, but what do you guys think?
0: I don't think it's too much because the way you have that spreadsheet set up, if somebody wants to get a specific piece of information, all they got to know is which column they want to go to. But I agree, I'm the same way. I want to have as much information as possible the way I can use the metrics I need to make the informed decision. If it's there and you don't want it, you can just ignore it. If it's not there and you need it, well, how else are you going to get it? So I think it's great that all that information is out there. I like the fact that you're improving it year to year, and um, I think it's I think it's awesome. Doug, yeah, what about think, you?
1: Oh, yeah, like Brian said, we talked about this. I like it. Um, I just think it's going to be better and better as the season progresses because as of right now, for me personally, um, in one hand, you don't care how the defense Performed last year because of transfer portals and all this, and there's so much changes. But the other at the other side of that coin, a defense isn't necessarily going to go from 120th to 55 in in a year. So you know it, it's going to be it's going to be a good thing because the defense, in my opinion, is not going to jump 100 spots in less than a year. So yeah, but. I just look a little deeper into things, but I love how deep this goes because I'm just like you guys. I love a big spreadsheet. You can never have enough information. It's great to know if my quarterback that week is playing against the fifth-ranked defense or if they're playing against the 110th-ranked passing defense. I want to know that stuff. I think that stuff is huge.
2: Yeah, it's stuff we always took into consideration, but it's like the – the old math uh, homework where you have to show your work kind of thing and i feel like that's more beneficial and really that's where i want to take cfb dynasty as we will unveil more and more tools throughout the course of the year um as you know data comes in and the, the developers able to kind of finish stuff up but um the goal is for it to be a set of tools to help you bet on draftkings bet on fanduel and set your lineups, et cetera. So i um, super excited about the direction. We want to give you guys more and more uh, as we go throughout the season. So um, I guess if you want to run through the top, you know, whatever, five or ten, um, you guys have seen the quarterback snap on the screen for a while, but if you're listening on podcast, we've got Caleb Williams, uh, number one, Bo Nix, number two, um, Austin Reed, number three, Michael Penix, uh, number four, even though he's playing against Boise, who had a really good pass defense last year. And then J.J. McCarthy against ECU. And, and really some of the – this is beat down city uh, for most games this this week, which makes setting the lineup really hard, right? So, um, like Matt, Doug, how do you guys handle that typically? If you have, um, let's say, a more even matchup where your player's going to play the full game – you're looking at maybe a, a even even Preston Stone and them. They're, they're favored over Louisiana Tech by 20. So, like, would you rather your player play the full game or are you going to take someone that might just play a half? Go ahead, Matt.
0: I think week one and week two are a lot more difficult than people give it credit for for that exact reason, um, especially if you have a guy playing against, say, like an FCS school. He may only play a quarter or two, and uh, he may not get a lot of the stats. He may go to other people. It may be running backs over, over wide receivers and, and, or running backs over quarterbacks. Um, I do like having uh, guys that are going to play the whole game, but I definitely don't want it to be where it's the other way, where you've got a guy on, say, you know, South Alabama that's playing against Alabama's defense or something. You, know, you don't want it to be where your guys are the opposite. Where they're play, they're on the opposite end of the beatdown. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely makes it a little more tough because, especially with you know the way that rosters are constructed nowadays, they may want them to get in for a quarter or so. They get the backups in, um, but yeah, it makes these first couple of weeks a little more difficult. I'd rather have a guy that's going to play the whole game. But if I have to default after that, then I'm definitely going to go with a guy that's you know going to hopefully get some stats and then get the heck out of dodge.
2: At running back, we've got Judkins number one. And it's, it's still, it's beat down city for all of these top guys. Rocket Sanders at two, Rashin Ali at three, Blake Coram at four, Jarquez Hunter at five. Um, so they're all playing against putrid defenses. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be kind of luck of the draw. Like Matt said, week one or week two, does your player score in the first quarter, second quarter. If not, he might not play the second half. So that's just part of the, the struggle week one, as well as unlisted suspension, unlisted injuries, that kind of stuff is always super frustrating week one. Um, and then at receiver, we've got Marvin Harrison Jr. first, a two for Washington, Corley third, Cowing fourth and Joshua Cephas fifth um, because decorian and Clark's status is unknown uh, for that game, so I removed decorian and Clark from the rankings altogether. My rule of thumb week one is to play the knowns. Like just because Jalen Milrow or Kyle McCord um, or whoever in this quarterback battle has been listed number one, or even if they come out as the starter or name the starter like Kyle McCord was the other guys are going to play in these beatdowns, and it only takes one or two bad decisions or, or fumbles or whatever for the quarterback to be pulled. So I'm going with the most stable known commodities on my roster for week one and week two um, tight end, blah, blah, blah. Bowers, Gadsden, Jatavian Sanders, Eric, all, Eurosec all with great, great matchups. Um, we've got kickers listed there as well. And there's a ton of unknown kicker battles. Um, and then there's a ton of great defenses that are playing against nobodies. So I assume everyone's roster is kind of loaded up and fine for week one in terms of it's less about playing the matchups, more about playing st- stability and kind of getting lucky week one agreed agreed
0: all right so that's our quick look through the uh through the rankings we want to try and cover those a little less on the pods than we have in the past because we want you guys to want to go up and and like and subscribe to the uh, cfb dynasty.com site so you have to go up there and uh take a look at that information sift through the information on your own and how make the uh the best educated decision you can for your team so uh BMAC, are you ready for some questions from the Discord? Let's go. All right, so Willem T. asks, are there any players we should be going after on the waiver wire after their Week 0 performance? I think there's a couple obvious ones out there, but I'm going to kick it over to you guys. Who are some of the guys from Week 0 that you should have your eyes on right now?
2: I see you added one, Doug, and that's a great one. Um, And uh, for me... Zachariah Branch is totally different. Like I had such, I, I made a trade middle of the draft. So here we are. We're drafting in like a, a conference room. We have a couple people on the screen because they're in uh, Georgia and didn't drive down to the draft because they don't care about us at all. So um, Doug nope. and I walk out. We make a trade and I trade up and get Carnell Tate. And I was super excited to land him in the second round of our like mix of dynasty devy league whatever and then right before me zachariah branch was picked and i really just seeing the highlights because we drafted on week zero that game was happening near the end of our draft so after seeing the highlights the next day since no one got to see it live uh i was envious zachariah branch looks so good i think he's gonna be the featured player at usc um, and totally would advise at all costs to go get him. Um, I think he's going to be legit, legit, whether it's Debbie CFF, whatever, go get branch. Agreed.
1: Um, branch looks incredible. He's so fast. Just watching some of his highlights, man. He was like, he was doing cone drills out there. It was insane. But, um, I added Jaden Greathouse for Notre Dame. Um, Sam Hartman has shown in the past and showed again last week that he does love to distribute the ball around to different people. But Greathouse made the most of his opportunities, three catches. Two of those were touchdowns. And I think they're going to try to look to do to continue that trend and do the same. So Jaden Greathouse, a freshman receiver uh, for Notre Dame, is on my list. And quickly, I'm just going to throw another name out there for you guys. Sh- Shamari Lawrence, running back sophomore for Florida international, hundred and thirty nine rushing yards this past week. So keep an eye on that guy. Could be a surprising you know, college fantasy producing running back because those are always good to have on your roster.
0: Hey, so I'm gonna throw a little piece of information at you guys that I just noticed. So at number eight on the Titans ranking, you got Sata Treori from Mississippi state uh, news says that he is not listed on the bulldogs depth chart for Saturday against Southeast Louisiana, because there might be an NCA clearance issue with him for week one. Oh, no. And he's yeah. one of those guys we would need to pay. He's one of those guys we want to pay attention to as well, because isn't he one that's got that weird. Is he a tight end? Is he a wide receiver?
2: Yes. That's yes. Correct.
1: Yeah, he is. last I saw, he's I just, making, making trends toward, being listed as a receiver
2: yeah we did have a couple right because i know that issues, yeah. and uh super grateful people were able to kind of reach out and that's part of the community having the community is hey, we made a couple mistakes and people caught them quick so that was uh super grateful for that um so thanks for that
0: that's a good little piece of good little news note that i just came across as we're doing the show all right so anybody else would you think about the way that uh esteem played after being benched in the notre dame game he got benched for a fumble and then came back and went nuts
1: that dude looks massive that's all i know yeah yeah but the the issue with notre dame that i see and it's not really an issue if you're a notre dame fan any one of those four running backs can come in and produce i think they all look good um and kudos to their strength and conditioning coach that's that's all i can say (laughs) because i wouldn't want to arm wrestle any one of those guys so (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: and hartman changes that offense man even with the younger guys at receiver like that offense uh looks like it's gonna be uh looks like it'll work and i think um they're gonna be a tough out for anybody and they got some fun big games coming up on their schedule
0: All right, so the question number two we got from the from the Discord, from Sir Mocha, are you concerned with Ohio's Rourke's QB, his injury, and the offensive output for targets like Wigaloo's? I'll tell you something really funny before we get there. We had our home draft the other night. The guy sitting next to me, Josh Speed Reed, the fastest guy, 4.3, uh, 10-yard dash time. Uh, Speed Reed has got Rourke, and he was upside down about him Coming back from the injury, getting injured while we were doing the draft. He was so disgusted with the fact that his guy got injured again in that draft, in that during during the draft. But are you guys concerned? Do you think it's going to change the offensive output numbers for Ohio?
2: Nope. Uh, because uh, Rourke's a known commodity, like he had a good 2021. Then last year, um, 3,200 yards, 25 touchdowns, four picks, and the coaching staff also said they were just being extra cautious, and that Rourke was mad at the staff for being cautious with him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no concerns one, there whatsoever.
1: One day ago, he was cleared to start. I think.
2: Yep, that's cleared. true. That's true.
1: So.
0: So, uh, question three from Rose Cats: What transfer quarterbacks that went Power Five to Power Five? Have the best chance of having a huge boost in production, like we saw with Penix and Nick's last year. I think there's a whole bunch we can talk about here, so I'm gonna let yeah. you guys uh, let you guys start.
2: First of all, did anyone anyone out there think Bo Nix could be in the Heisman discussion? Did anyone see Michael Penix Jr. leading the nation in passing? And I I didn't. I don't know if anyone did, but uh, would love to shake their hand if they did for sure um because if you look at bo Nix beforehand like he was a really good recruit um played as a freshman at auburn 2500 yards 16 touchdowns six picks then he goes in sophomore year with a 59.9 percent completion percentage 2400 yards 12 touchdowns and seven picks and then 2,200 yards, 11 touchdowns, and three picks in 2021. And then next year, or er, last year, sorry, comes up with 3,500 yards, 29 and seven. Quickly going through Penix's stats, he went for uh, 1,300 yards, then 1,600, then 900 in 2021, always battled injuries, and then 4,600 last year for Washington, 31 touchdowns and 8 picks. He had never had more than 14 touchdowns in a season before that. So we're talking about players that are good recruits, talented. They just needed a fresh start. And so, yeah, I've got a few for you. Um, So DJU is one, and I'll say Hartman doesn't count. Leary doesn't count. Mordecai Armstrong. They all performed well um, at their previous stops, but DJU is one that I've got like um, the you know the offense actually makes sense to him and the Clemson system under the previous OC who was fired uh, wasn't great maybe he realizes his five star potential. Um, I've got Jeff Sims at Nebraska who I like a lot and I've always liked his skill set. Um, if he reaches his potential there this year next year um, he can be really great as a dual threat guy and then he'll be fantasy relevant too and then another one that's uh was a big recruit for wisconsin um and uh like the staff admits to misusing him uh graham mertz like i would temper fantasy expectations due to coach napier's history with fantasy quarterbacks like uh they're typically not um A QB1, QB2 caliber, but in terms of his ability on the football field and being serviceable for the Gators, I think uh, we'll know that quickly into the season with uh, road game tomorrow at Utah and then two weeks from now uh, hosting Tennessee at home. So those are my guys. Doug, anyone to add there?
1: The only one I have to add, I'm not saying like look out for Heisman or anything, but Definitely a step in the right direction would be Hudson card going from Texas to Purdue. I think could be a surprising one. I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying like, Oh, this guy's going to throw, you know, 4,500 yards, 50 touchdowns and two picks, but he could definitely be a surprising quarterback at Purdue.
2: And Matt, let me throw the last question to you from J 24 in the discord. What's the best way to tackle waivers in an eight-man league with every team available for picking?
0: All I can say is this. An eight-team league, you have to limit them. If if you don't, every single team in that league should be incredible. Every team in that league should be unreal every single week. Um, I think that the one question for J24 is how big is your roster? How small is your roster? Do you have a 30, a 30 position roster. Do you have a 14 position roster? Uh, because that could also um, determine what you do. But if you're not going to limit those pickups, man, just go out there and you just, you got to be working that waiver wire hard every single week, because if you're not every other team in that league is going to, and they are going to be putting you on beatdown alert.
2: Yep. Yep. That's valid.
0: But I, I can't even imagine an eight team. I can't even imagine an eight team league with open waivers. Uh, That's a, that's a seasonal redraft league. Those teams should all just be insane.
2: All right. So let's move along to the open update and then we'll do our reveal of the, the DFS uh, host battle here and go over some of our, our selected DFS lineups for this week. Um, All right. So for me, I want to kick it to Matt to talk about Uncle Joe and his back-to-back pick delay. So if if you weren't in the draft, (laughs) Uncle Joe was the first pick, which means and it's a snake draft. So every other time he picked during the draft, he got back-to-back picks.
0: All right, so so let's uh, let let's let's because this is a twenty-four team open league, and because we didn't want to consolidate or force somebody in this 2014 league to have to draft in the middle of an afternoon. Uh, the decision was made by somebody not going to say who, Oops. but, uh, that it was going to be an hour between picks just to make sure that people had a chance to get in there and pick the thought was good. But what that did was it basically enslaved every single one of us to have to be there ready for the draft. Cause you didn't know if somebody was going to take an hour or two seconds This draft took three and a half days. I do not make that up. It was three and a half days long. And we barely ended this draft before we started our openly draft. So case in point, the BMAC's talking about uncle Joe comes back around. He has had 46 picks from his pick. Now back to his next pick. Uncle Joe took what 54 or 57 minutes to make his first pick. And then he was, or, or excuse me, to make his, his pick in the second round. Yeah. And then we're like, okay, cool. He's going to make two back to back really good. And, uh, he took an hour to make the second, the third pick. <laughs> so he took <laughs> nearly back-to-back. two hours to make two picks.
2: <laughs> oh, that's so terrible. Uh, back to back
0: picks, nearly two hours. That was, about- uh.
2: How about Carissa? drafting Ridiculous. Ridiculous. (laughs) How about Carissa drafting Day Day Hunter? (laughs) So,
0: (laughs) Carissa, Carissa, so we busted her chops during the first round because she was, you know, didn't have her priorities straight. She was actually, like, working with a client or coming to work or some crap like that. Whatever the excuse was, after that first round, she knew she had made a mistake, so she was on top of it all draft long mm-hmm. until she drafted day day Hunter, who has already said that he is out. He is not playing this year. So Carissa, come on, man, get with the program. Why are you drafting day day?
1: The, <laughs> well, the only, you, only positive, And I told her this was, it was her last pick of the draft. Yeah. That was the only semi positive to that pick was that hopefully it was a player. She isn't going to use a lot anyways.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. All right. So, I agree, but we're not here to give her props on this show right now for taking someone that's uh, out for the year. Um, nope. My my uh, probably value pick of the draft here, Kleshreen. I don't know if I said that right. Clashreen. Reggie Love in the 16th round, a guy who might be a 15-plus-a-game carry guy for Illinois. Um, I love that pick, and uh, oh, pardon the pun there. But I think um, just just excellent value. That's one where I, in our draft in the home league, man, Danny took uh, Josh McCray, and I wanted him. I hyped him up all year, I or <laughs> all summer, and then I waited too long on him. Uh, just can't do that. And I, and what do you think, Doug? Value I, pick.
1: I, my value pick was. CyberCon cfb taking great house in the 15th yeah that's your boy that's your boy i like like not just not just my boy but i i feel (sighs) like i'm starting to you know prove over and over again that i'm good at these sleeper guys like (laughs) you know jj mccarthy when nobody else was talking about him you know rocket sanders last year my guy this year is obviously great house so let's see if i go three for three this will be this this could be fun
2: we'll see we'll see
0: I'll tell you the thing that killed me in that draft, you know, you can never really predict that you're going to be able to get a guy in the next round. When you got a 24 team, uh, 24 teams, you're talking a ton of picks between one and the next. Um, I drafted 17th or 18th. I had two guys that were there that I wanted. I drafted one. I'm like, man, if X player is there, when I come back around 36 picks later, I'm going to be happy. (laughs) 35 picks. I'm like, I'm on the clock. I'm like, I'm going to get my guy. Cause he has been out there and 35 people have passed him up. And then Steelers pride decides to come in the pick right before me and take <laughs> Jerome Bradley from Texas tech. I was pissed through the rest of my draft off. Cause I was like, I was like, I can't like, I, I was not happy, but yeah. So he's, he's now become, he's now become my, uh, my rival in the league. So uh, if I if I get if he's on my schedule, you better watch out, my boys. That's going to be bulletin board material. We're going to make up some crap uh, that he said about our team. That he talked a bunch of garbage about it. Hype the boys crap. up so the crap. Steelers' pride can get the can get the butt whooping.
1: Oh, that's awesome! Let's make up some crap.
2: <laughs> so, Doug, I, don't I will know say if you this though: do...
0: like the one thing we did. I
2: don't well, the know one thing wanna...
0: we did want to cover <laughs> yeah. is uh, the difference between. Drafting for the Open League, 24-team redraft versus our 12-team college pro-dynasty league where you're just filling in. Uh, Doug, Brian, take us through how much difference you felt the prep was for these two drafts that were completely back-to-back.
1: So the difference for me, the biggest difference, obviously it was you c- – you can draft players at any stage of their college career with a draft like this, whether it be seniors or juniors or guys, you think you're going to go pro next year with my draft or our draft in, in our, in our ongoing 15 year league here, 16 now going on 16. But yep. if you have too many seniors, you worry about them leaving. And then all of a sudden you have a complete rebuild, which to some could be fun. So, the prep is different when it comes to – in these redraft leagues, you can draft anybody. With our league, you have to have a balance on your roster, and I think that yep. makes it
2: pretty difficult. So, yep, because you don't want to have one position get wiped out where you're drafting six receivers in one year like I did this year. But uh, it's all right from time to time. If you're making a run for a championship, that fails to – you lose to Gordy in the playoffs. Or in the championship,
0: yeah. In the uh, in, in the in uh, the open league, I would completely the opposite of what I would normally do in a draft. Almost everybody I picked was a power five, a guy that is going to be a a top producer this year. Didn't really take a lot of reaches uh, because there's not, not a lot of room to reach. Um, and then if there's a problem and I've I missed on somebody, then I just go pick him up on the waiver wire uh, with our with our. Uh, our auction draft or our auction pickups. Uh, yeah, in the, in the home league, you look at your draft board, you look at the open league and you know who's going to be going. You know, hey, in the next 24 picks, this group of players is probably going to go in some order. You go back to our, our home league and you can look it around and you're like, those guys weren't even on my board. I know what Intoxidug probably said to me 14 <laughs> times at the beginning of the draft, that dude's not even on my board. That guy wasn't even on my board. I can't believe that guy just got picked. He wasn't even on my board. Um, just goes to show how different of a thought process it is picking for a seasonal redraft as compared to a college pro dynasty. It was actually a really fun uh, case study.
2: It makes it like crazy because you don't know what on what's on everyone else's board. Like you would a standard redraft NFL or college fantasy league. You kind of know where you can get players, what round they're going. ADP is pretty legit. But in like a Debbie uh, college to pro league where you have to factor in college points, pro potential, all, and like senior, seniors balance of juniors and underclassmen and all that stuff. There's a lot to consider and it makes you feel more like a GM where you're building a a roster, but um, dang, you'd never know. Cause like you said, everyone's board is different. And I was waiting and waiting and waiting. I didn't have a first round pick. And so it was tough to wait to the 2.3. Um,
1: 2.3. I had to wait to 210.
2: <laughs> where I, I did get the the number one player on my board. So it was, uh, that part was good. But um, All right, Doug. So, Matt, I know you didn't get in, get your lineup in, right? But you'll get one in before the Saturday games kickoff. But we wanted to do a little different segment where we do a little host battle here. We have a three man. Draft Kings pool where it's just us three and we're going to unveil our lineups right now against each other. So I think we just have Doug and I for now. Um, and uh, all right. Yeah. Matt's shaking his head. Yeah. Cause he's had technical difficulties. There's a kind of a rough latency today. So you'll hear us interrupting each other and sorry for that. That part stinks, but uh, all right, Doug for this, for the noon games. Who do you have uh, at quarterback? I've got
1: Leary for Kentucky at quarterback.
2: What's the price on Leary? Eighty-one. Eighty-one. So I have um, Chandler Morris from TCU uh, at six thousand nine hundred dollars, and I think TCU is going to crush Colorado. So. I love the value, love him in my DraftKings lineups as a, as a quarterback to target this week. Who's your uh, your running backs? So,
1: because I think TCU is going to crush Colorado, I have Imani Bailey as one running back who is $5,400. Mm-hmm. And then I've got good old Bucky Irving out of Oregon who is $6,100.
2: Oh, that's good value. Solid. And hopefully so my- it's his points earlier go ahead at running back i've got estimate notre dame 7200 hoping he gets a first half touchdown at least and then dylan johnson uh, in a game that he might play the full game they've got running back injury problems and he's not one of them so he's the clear starter for washington uh as they're hosting boise state and he was was only 5200 dylan johnson at 5200 so Love the value there. There's a lot of value that I like. At receiver, though, I take some risks. So uh, while I feel good right now with those three, looking at my receivers, I feel a little nervous. Who do you have?
1: So my first receiver, I'm going with the stack because I got Leary at quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Barion Brown, who was 5500 Cheap. Oof. Then I'm going with Stefan Cobbs from Boise, who is playing Washington, but Washington doesn't have the best pass defense, in my opinion. And he was only 5,400. And then I went with Xavier Worthy out of Texas for 6,600 for my third receiver.
2: I've got Roma Dunze at 7,300 for Washington and that stacks with my super flex of michael Penix at 8400 and then i've got carnell tate at 3700 um that's a freshman's first that's a
1: (laughs) high risk high reward kind of kid right there for sure yep
2: yep and then Deontay thornton which uh i think he's gonna catch a lot of touchdowns this year for tennessee and uh I like him better than I like Brew McCoy. So Tate was 3700 Thornton was 4300 And I used that to allow myself to get uh, $8,400 on uh, the Superflex Penix. Who do you have at Superflex?
1: So I'll go with my flex real quick.
2: Fine. Um,
1: my, <laughs> my flex is Dylan Johnson running back for Washington. And then my Superflex is Ewers to stack with Worthy. You raised 7700 bucks.
2: I like it. So Superflex Penix for me, and then I've got Javante Barnes at 7000 for my standard flex. So uh, we'll see how it goes. There's uh, nothing that we're betting outside of just this $5 bet currently between me, Matt, and Doug. So we'll see how these go, and then um, if you guys come up with something interesting for us to bet, um, then we'll do it. Maybe
1: about speaking about the bets y'all if you've been following our little golf thing here um an update on that brian is still up 2-0 and the it may end at that (laughs) and we may have to do away with our other two rounds um obviously i'm fine but i was in a car accident so yesterday so money may be a little tight for things but we are still planning on going still planning on making it the best trip we can and all that good stuff so we should in a month or so have a lot of a lot of fun stuff for you guys to follow while we're there but as far as the the rounds go we may
2: stop at two at this point way to bring the show down i don't think we'll stop at two we'll see how it goes anyways (laughs)
1: lands
2: all right um brisket lock time. Matt, let's start with you. Final little bit of the show here. Let's let's go to brisket lock. All
0: right. All right. Brisket lock. So if you guys have not watched the show before, or if you missed last year, Brian is the master of cooking the brisket. And you know, if Brian's cooking brisket, it's going to be good. So when it comes to the brisket lock, this is going to be a guy that is not going to be in the top 10, not going to be in the top 20, somebody who might be a little bit farther down that you think is going to have a good week this week. So, yes, you know I'm an NC State fan. Yes, you know I'm wearing my NC State gear today. But even if I wasn't, I would say my brisket lock is Brennan Armstrong for NC State. Here are a couple reasons why. Brennan Armstrong is playing... Although he transferred, he's playing with his offensive coordinator, Robert and I, who two years ago helped him blow the lid off of college football with his statistics. So he's been reunited with his offensive coordinator and uh, allegedly the vibe is really good around the offense at NC State. We're talking about the first week. So UConn is not going to have a lot of tape on what is happening at NC State with that offense. There's not going to be a lot of way for them to be able to prepare other than looking at tape from a couple of years ago. Um, Also, if you roll back to the beginning of the conversation we had today, UConn is going to be a pushover, but I don't think they're going to be an FCS level pushover. So I think you're going to see Armstrong playing the majority of the game. MJ Morris will get some snaps, but I think Armstrong is going to get the majority of the game and has a chance to just blow the lid off in week one this week against UConn. Uh Doug, who do you have as your is your brisket lock?
1: So my brisket lock is Kobe Hudson, also known as K Fizzy, on the uh, the X-verse, if that's what we call it now, instead of Twitter. But um he's playing against Kent, and I really like Plumley a lot at UCF. I think Plumley's gonna have a great year. If you paid attention to being in the show, we have Plumley as our number six quarterback. He is dual threat but i really like hudson establishing himself as the guy for
2: ucf for me um i've got jalen knighton uh, at smu he's uh there's a lot of oars on the depth chart um even with jordan curly which doesn't wor- worry me but there's not an or at running back it's jalen knighton and uh the rooster he's he's really great he's fast um runs hard And I think he will kill it in that offense. We're able to catch a bunch of balls, too. So I like him. We've got him slotted at 50th at running back. But I think that's one he can outperform before he ranks a little higher. We're going to want to see that data in the SMU offense. But uh, in general, like him a lot this week. And Matt, this is when you froze and died last time. But... (laughs) at the end of the show, end of the live show. And I close this out. So I'm going to play the music and let's see if you can, uh, close this out.
0: <laughs> All right. So really glad you guys are here. Really glad that you have decided to join us. It is finally time. We are psyched for college football, the fantasy football season to start in just over 24 hours. Yeah. Um, can't wait. We want you guys to get up, like, and subscribe on the uh, discord channel on Twitter slash X on TikTok, wherever be back and Doug decide they want to put our stuff at. Um, we want you to in- involve yourself in the discord channel. Uh, if you've got tidbits of news if you got tidbits of notes, if you got questions, we want you involved as well. We want you to have the opportunity to uh, use the information that's there to give yourself a leg up in your league and hopefully bring home that ever elusive college fantasy football championship.
1: How's that? What I, back?
2: That's okay. What I didn't tell you is that the music only lasts 15 seconds. So we'll get better on the next show. <laughs> See you guys.
1: See ya.